Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. It's Charlene Anderson, your wholesale sourcing expert here on a beautiful June 10th, 2020. We got rid of the snow on Sunday and Monday, and we're back to the high 60s today, which is great. So I have a really special guest to share with you guys today. Um, Nathan Hirsch is someone who I have been following on Facebook for quite a while because he has a a really interesting story. Um, He's an entrepreneur and an expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. And in 2015, he co-founded a company called FreeUp with an extra E. I would like to call it FreeUp with an initial investment of $5,000 and he scaled it to a $12 million company which he sold in 2019. So like the entrepreneur's dream. Exit strategy in place, all of that. Today, Nathan is the co-founder of a, of a um, school, I guess we can call it, called Outsource School. They work to educate entrepreneurs on how to effectively hire and scale using virtual assistants, um, which is the topic of our podcast today. Nathan has been on over 300 podcasts, is a social need, media personality, and loves sharing advice on scaling remote businesses. So Nathan, welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, this is a topic that I know tons of people have been asking about, so I'm so glad you decided to be with us. So um, I kind of broke up today into two parts. One is just general stuff about VAs, and the other is about standard operating procedures because you really um, have a lot of knowledge there. So let's talk about VAs to start. So what is a VA? So what I like to do, and and a lot of people, they'll say virtual assistant, and they just really mean anyone that works from home. I try to be a little bit more specific. So I like to divide up hiring into three different levels, followers, doers, and experts. So a follower is five to ten bucks an hour, non-US. They're there to follow your system, your process. If you don't have a system and process, you're going to really struggle to hire those followers. The doers are graphic designers, bookkeepers, writers. Uh, You're not teaching a graphic designer how to be a graphic designer, but they're not bringing their strategy to the table either. They're just there to do that one specific thing. And then you've got the experts, high-level coaches, consultants, agencies. They bring their own system, their own process to the table. And they can bring strategy, and you're really hiring them for stuff that you don't know how to do. So when I'm talking about virtual assistants, I'm really just talking about the followers. And it's important as an entrepreneur that you understand how to hire all different levels because you're going to need all three of them and you want to make sure that you're hiring the level correctly and using them correctly. One of the biggest mistakes I see with people hiring is they're hiring a level but they're using them in the form of another level. For example, hiring a follower, hiring a virtual assistant and saying, hey, I don't know how to run Facebook ads, go run my Facebook ads. No, the the VA, the follower, they're there to follow your system, your process, something you already know how to do, just like you wouldn't hire an expert to come in and say, hey, you've had a lot of success doing it your way, running, let's say, Facebook ads with your clients, but I'm going to hire you and I'm going to teach you how to do it my way. That doesn't make a lot of sense either. If you're going to teach, if you're going to train, you're doing that with the VA. So when I'm talking about VAs, I'm just talking about the followers, and I like to hire most of my VAs out of the Philippines. Okay. Um, Do you find the cultural um, climate there is more suited than, say, hiring from India or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I I actually hire from India and from the U.S. for the doers and the expert roles, and not to say that there's no 
good VAs anywhere but the Philippines. But for I like to play the percentages. And for me, the fact that they learn English in school, they, they're all about family, which is important for me as I'm trying to build a team, trying to build culture. They consume a lot of the same content as we do, uh, whether it's books, movies, video games, which becomes important when you're selling U.S. products, U.S. services. Um, they're incredibly hard workers as a whole. I mean, a lot of them are used to long commutes. They're used to working 14 hours days. They're used to working graveyard shifts. And I don't encourage that you necessarily make your VAs do any of those things, but it gives you a competitive advantage when you say, hey, I'm going to pay you a lot more than you're going to make. You can work from home. You can be around your family. I'm not going to make you work 16 hours a day. And, and it can be a really competitive advantage when hiring and really creating that win-win opportunity that benefits both parties that, that I'm all about. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so talking about the, the, the doers, um, how do we know what we should be outsourcing? So what I like to do is create two different lists. The first list is everything you do on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. And you're going to prioritize that list from easiest to hardest. And that's where you're going to start hiring VAs and trying to get five, ten hours a week back. Now, there's another way to go about it. Once you get into being an entrepreneur longer, you've hired VAs, you can start prioritizing that list by things you hate doing the most. Sometimes I do that, but I recommend I was people just gonna start ask off with that. Uh, yeah, that's the stuff I'd like to get rid of, <laughs> stuff I hate doing. <laughs> exactly. And if you're just hiring a VA for the first time, I would start with whatever the easiest task is, even if you necessarily enjoy doing it, because you're going to learn a lot from it, and you probably shouldn't be doing the easiest task in your business anyway. Um, the second list is everything that you don't know how to do, but you find yourself doing. Do you need a Shopify site? Do you need to write a listing? Are you not good at running ads? Like, what, what are the things that you have to do? Because the average entrepreneur is only good at one to three things, one to three core competencies. So once you have these two lists, then you can say, hey, list one is, is these are things I know how to do, I can create processes for, I can hire VAs for, and list two these are things I need to either hire doers or experts for because it's not worth my time becoming a master at everything. Okay, so I, I'm hearing that the most important thing we can do to get started to prepare to outsource stuff is to know what our business needs doing and quantify all of that. We can't just like jump in and say, I'm going to hire a VA, but I have no idea what I'm going to have them do. Yeah, and I would even do a step before that. We have a, a free VA calculator. If you go to outsourceschool.com slash VA calculator, and whether you use ours or, or do the math yourself, you need to figure out what your budget is, how much money you're making, how many VAs can you afford, can you afford someone more ongoing, even if it's part-time, because you don't have to hire people part-time, you don't have to hire people full-time, or do you, can, you have to start with more project-based. You can't afford someone every single week, but you can afford someone to optimize a listing. You can afford someone to build your website or create your logo, and then you space it out a little bit more project-based. But you really need to understand your budget uh, along with making those two lists before you dive into it. Okay, and I think that's probably a mistake most people make is not being prepared when they start searching, don't you think? Definitely. I mean, I saw it on FreeUp all the time. Someone would hire a VA, they'd invest time, energy, money into training them, and then they'd realize they can't really afford the person to begin with. So you not only want to know, hey, can you afford this person, but how many hours a week can I afford them? And, and even, I mean, with FreeUp, I had a team of 35 VAs. I didn't just wake up one day and hire 35 full-time people. I 
started off with someone part-time, five hours a week, 10 hours a week. I increased their hours over time, hired more people. Even starting outsource school this year, I didn't jump into it. We're, we're, we like to like, get stuff to market, test it, make sure people like it. Just because we, we sold a company doesn't mean every single idea we come up with going forward is going to be a good one. So while we were testing it, we hired a bookkeeper for five hours a month, not even five hours a week, but five hours a month just to get us up on top of our books from day one and make sure we don't have to deal with any of that. And I hired a part-time VA 10 hours a week to do all my scheduling to get me out of my inbox. And once we launched Outsource School and now we have 150 members and we have a revenue stream, then I increased them all to full time. And now we're hiring more people and more project-based people. So you can start really small and build it up over time. Okay, so we've got, we've got our list together of the, the easy things that we're ready to jump in and try outsourcing some stuff. Um, how do we find a candidate and how do we know if they're going to do the job? Yeah, I mean, step one after you actually figure out the budget and create the list is to create a standard operating procedure, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. But then, if, then you have to pick where do you want to get these VAs from. We already talked a little bit about country, but do you want to go to a Facebook group with VAs? Do you want to go to a marketplace like FreeUp, which I built, and I'm obviously biased, but I continue to use them. I, I really like a vetting process. There's lots of other places like Upwork and Fiverr. You could go out and get, work with an agency. So you have to pick which platform you want to use. And then you focus on creating a job posting, which we teach a lot at Outsource School how to make really good job postings. And then once you actually find people to interview, we have an interview process where we call, which we call the CARE method, which is communication, attitude, red flags, and experience. And one of the most important things that people mess up when they're interviewing is they look for all the right answers. And people in general are good at BSing the, the right answers, what we teach people to do is look for the red flags. Uh, look for the, all the things they're telling you that shows they don't have the experience you want, they don't have the communication skills you need, and they don't have the attitude that you're looking for. And don't just hire people based on skill, based on experience. That's one part of the equation. You want someone with great communication skills, someone that can respond quickly, understand what you're saying, ask the right questions. You want someone with a fantastic attitude that's positive, that can be the bigger man, the bigger woman, that, that doesn't just care about money. And yes, you're going to vet them for skill and their experience and how long they've been at VA. But the cool thing is when you find people that have great attitudes and great communication skills, they tend to be a lot more honest about what they can and cannot do as well. So it all really goes together. That's a really interesting point. You know, I learned something last year on vacation that has stuck with me and will probably stick with me the rest of my life is, I love going to Bora Bora. It is my heaven place. And we've been to the same hotel, uh, the Four Seasons Bora Bora, the past three years. Um, and I was talking with their general manager um, about their staff because their staff, had all, all of them have been there since the hotel was built 15 years ago. Um, they're, all, they're all without measure wonderfully people suited for their jobs. You know, they have the personality, they have the willingness, they have, as you said, the attitude and all that. And so I asked Maria, I said, how do you find these people who can do these jobs and have this personality? And her answer was, she says, I can teach someone to make a bed or chop onions, but I can't teach them to care about our guests. And I thought, boy, does that like sum everything up, you know? 
Yeah, 100%. And it's one of those things that you can't train attitude. You can't teach people attitude. So it's so important that you find someone that has the right attitude up front. It's very hard to change going forward. I can tell you from experience, I've only had one situation in my 10 years of hiring where I was actually able to turn around someone's attitude. He was a a 20-year-old at FreeUp who was in customer service, and he was definitely a little bit more immature. And it got to the point where I was about to fire him just because he was causing drama with everyone. And I, I literally woke up that day ready to fire him. And he woke up, and he started sending smiley emojis. And we had just had a conversation the next day. And he turned it around going forward, and I kept waiting for him to slip up, and he never did, and he's still a part of the free up internal team. And out of the 10 years, that is the only time I've ever been able to turn around a bad attitude. Every other time, I, I lost my investment. I, I had to let them go. I had to eventually replace them. And a lot of times, I, I kept them on too long, and I had to let go of them. Um, I, I should have let go of them earlier. And, and I think with, in his case, it was more of a sense of immaturity, and he was able to mature and, and see the writing on the wall that he was going to lose his job if he didn't. But most of the time, it becomes such a huge hassle. And a lot of times when you're hiring people for skill, and it blows up in your face down the line, and you're, sit there, you're sitting there wondering, how is this person so ta- that's so talented such a bad fit for my company? It really comes down to that attitude or even the communication. Yeah, and, and it's a, not only a time investment of your, your training and all that. There's an emotional investment. It's hard you know, to deal with people with bad attitudes. It's like it makes it hard. And um, I've discovered uh, there are lots of things I, I don't say give up is the word, that I don't do because of the attitudes of people involved in it. It's like it's not worth it. So you have this time investment in your business of training the person and all that, and then you have this emotional investment of the, the psychic energy you're having to deal with them. And it's not worth it because, because you can find somebody with the same skills with a better attitude and you're all better off. Exactly. And you can always teach people the skills. Like you said before, the attitude's very, very hard. Yeah, yeah. And, and some of it, you know, you, there is also a thing that which comes up a lot is people want to give people a chance, you know. But if they show you several times that this is a consistent attitude issue, they've shown you who they are. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Right, 100%. So let's move into um, now that we know, I'm going to outsource fixing my Amazon listings. You know, I've got a bunch of them that are messed up, and I decided that's what I'm going to outsource because it's a specific task. Um, How do I start writing out my operating procedures to get that done? Because I have to admit, I'm a one-person business. I have everything's in my head. I have nothing written down. I have procedures I do, and they're very specific, and I have you know, rules in place about what I do with this kind of product map, but, but none of it's written down. So where do you start? And, and you already know how to write listings, I'm assuming, right? Yes, yes. Cool. So with the SOPs, I like to structure them in three parts. The, the first is the why, the second is the actual steps, and the third is the most important reminders, or what I like to call the do not do list. So at the top, and a lot of entrepreneurs miss this step, I'm going to put why this task is important to the big picture. What's the long-term vision of my business? 
how are they a part of it, what, what, why are, what success and what failure looks like. And if I just fired two VAs or two listers previously, I'm going to say, hey, the last two listers didn't work out, not by name, but I'll say, hey, they didn't work out for X, Y, Z reasons. They missed these steps. They didn't follow directions, whatever it was. And this is what we're looking for. So before they even dive into the SOP, they know what success and failure looks like, and they understand why they're actually doing the task, which is incredibly important. Next is the steps. And I can tell you what I like to do, because we, we got to the point where we had 50-page SOPs at FreeUp, um, but I didn't just wake up one day and write 50 pages. I slowly started to chip away at it each morning. I like to do things 20 minutes at a time, and by the end of a week or two, the SOP is done. So I like to brain dump steps and just throw stuff down there and then reorganize a little bit. And my goal is to get the step part about 80% done. And then once I train the VA one-on-one, -on -one, I want them to take ownership of the SOP. And if I forgot something and I teach it to them or I mentioned something on a training, they're going to go in, they're going to update it, they're going to add a screenshot. So your goal is to get it about 80% and get, the VA, get a VA that can take it the next 20%. And then once you've gone through the steps, don't just put all the important stuff hidden in step 10, part B. Make sure you have all the most important reminders at the bottom. Because if you have all the important reminders at the bottom and the VA misses it, then that kind of shows you attention to detail. You've spent a, a little, a good part just saying, hey, do not do this for any reason. Um, and, and if you hide stuff in step 10, then the VAs are going to miss stuff. You're going to get frustrated because they messed up important things. You're not going to want to hire VAs anymore. So you want to put the most important reminders at the bottom. Uh, and a good example of this, I don't have a listing one, but for me, I, when I have a VA that monitors my inbox, I say, hey, if my accountant or my lawyer emails me for any reason, don't respond to those emails or don't email seller performance for any reason without my approval. You want to put all the important mm -hmm. stuff in there, every possible thing that could go wrong. And when you structure the SOPs with the why, the steps, and the important reminders, that's how you have a lot of success. Okay, and I think probably because it's, at least for me, it's all in my head, it w it's going to take um, just, as you said, chipping away at it because you'll remember another step that you automatically do, you know, and then you go do it again and again. So do you recommend, like, taking notes while you're doing something so you can remember? I do recommend doing that. For whatever reason, my style is not to do that. I, I tend to do very well with doing small, consistent things over time. It's very similar to podcasts. I, I've been on a lot of podcasts, but I try not to do five podcasts a day. I do one podcast a day, and then you look back at the end of the year, and you're like, man, you've been on a lot of podcasts. Very similar to filming a course. I film one video a day. I write out one script a day. And very similar to writing SOPs, I like to do a brain dump for 15, 20 minutes. The next day when I'm fresh, and I'm a big proponent of making sure you do the most productive thing right when you wake up, because, well, that's what works for me. Then I, I read what I already wrote. I add in stuff that I missed. I reorganize a little bit. The next day I do the same thing. And usually within, within three to five days, I have a pretty solid SOP, and I've gotten it 80% of the way there. But that, that's just what works for me personally, and you can adjust that to, to whatever your working style is. I can remember Ron, um, Ron is my husband, and he has an Amazon business as well. And he listened to one of a, a podcast I did early, early on with um, Jennifer Simmers, a group member, was on it. And she talked about she is like the queen of SOP. She's got notebooks and, you know, like detailed everything. And she said hers are so detailed that the people who do the packing for her, she has told them when you put the tape off the on the box, you have to press it down with your hands. 
you know, that kind of detail. And I thought, well, yeah, because that's stuff we never think about because I just do it automatically, you know. But if nobody's ever packed a box, they don't know, right? You can't assume right. they have some sort of knowledge about that I have to press the tape on. Just laying it on there doesn't work. A hundred percent. And and you really, that's, I think that's one of the mistakes people make is you want to assume nothing. You want to assume that they've worked with another client that does things a different way. Maybe they've worked with a client that's been mean to them or yelled at them or is more strict or is less strict than you are. Or they've had a client that has broken Amazon's terms of service. They have clients that just do things differently on Amazon. So you, you want to start off with that assumption. And if it ends up not being true, great. You have a VA that's more aligned with what you do, but you want to start with the basics and make sure that they know exactly what's expected from you, exactly what success and failure looks like, and, and that's going to help the VA too. I mean, imagine being someone who works for 10 different Amazon sellers and all the Amazon sellers are, want things done a different way and they don't really communicate up front the way that they, they you want it done. So you're just kind of going based on what your other clients want, which is not necessarily what you want. Yeah, and that's got to be difficult on the VAs too to have to, you know, switch horses midstream and, you know, flip from thing to thing. So that's a, that's a skill in itself, that ability to, um, to change depending on who your client is. Exactly. So do you, do you provide written um, SOPs or do you do videos or screenshots or what do you do? So for the past 10 years, we've done written SOPs. Uh, the, there's really one reason for that. And when you're a startup, your SOPs tend to get outdated very quickly, and it's a lot easier to update a doc than to refilm a video or to hire a video editor and fix part two or whatever it is. Now, the, we are actually building, Outsource School is building an SOP building software that is going to be a Loom-type program where you can record steps, but as you go through different steps, you'll right-click, and that'll create... Um, all these different steps when you're done, all these different video clips, you can add text to it if you want to. But then if you want to sub, at, sub out step three, you can easily do that without hiring a video editor or recording the whole video again. And, and that's really been an issue that we've been trying to solve for a while. And finally, we said, you know what, we're just going to build this for our members. So we're excited about that. And I do think video is better uh, for most VAs, but it just becomes such a hassle, especially if you're in the first year or two of your business, so much is going to change over the next few years. You don't want to be re-recording videos all the time unless you have an easy software like the one that we're building. And face it, Amazon uh, screen, screens look different every day. Something changes on them. Um, they look different for different sellers. My screen looks far different than my husband's screens when we're making a listing. It, so <laughs> that's got to be something that would be difficult to do just with screenshots because if your VA signs in and their screen looks different, what are they going to do, you know? Exactly. So, um, so tell me a little bit about Outsource School. What is it exactly? Yeah, so when we sold it free up, people started reaching out to us asking if we could teach them our system and process for interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing. The exact interview questions we asked, how we run meetings, how we onboard VAs to prevent issues down the line. So we created this course called Cracking the VA Code, and it's 997, and that gave people our exact systems that they could plug into their business to have a better experience hiring and managing and training virtual assistants. And we've included exactly how we create SOPs, lots of cheat sheets, stuff like that. And, and so 
once once we took that to market and people liked it, we started launching these different playbooks, like how to work with the graphic designer, the graphic designer playbook, how to hire a VA to do podcast research, the podcast outreach formula, and all these different playbooks that once you have the fundamentals and once you know how to interview and onboard, you can start plugging these systems into your business and have VAs doing them. And instead of just selling a million different courses, we turned it into a membership where if you buy Crack into VA code, you get a year access to every other playbook, every other system that we come out with. We've created a community around it. We have 150 members right now. Members are going to get access to our software. We're partnered with my old company, FreeUp. We have a great relationship with the new owners. So you don't have to use FreeUp, but if you want to, we give you some free credit there. We hook you up with a rep there and really just taking care of our members and adding the value. So FreeUp is a membership education platform that will also have some software coming soon. You mean outsource school is, not free up. <laughs> outsource school is. Free up is a marketplace okay. to get VAs and yeah. freelancers. Actually, I'm paying attention. Um, so, uh, so anybody who is interested can join this for the 997 a year, but I think you have a special for group members, don't you? Yeah, so we have a, a one-week special that we're going to put out today. Um, it's WSE25. That's going to get you 25% off the membership. And we also have a 30-day money-back guarantee. We, we want to go above and beyond and make sure that you get a ton of value out of it. But again, WSE25 will get you 25% off the membership. You can also do monthly payments split up between three months with no interest if, if that's a better fit for you. And uh, yeah, we look forward to helping your community. That's great. Now, um, so since it is a yearly membership, say I build my SOPs um, with your system and all that, do I lose all that if I don't keep paying for the membership, or are those downloadable and I get to keep all the stuff I built within the school? Yeah, great question. So we're not 100% sure what the renewal will look like. I mean, it's either going to be the same price or less than, than the original 997 or 747 that you paid for. Um, but we will probably have different membership options, some that include software, some that don't include software. And the way that we've set it up is even if you don't renew, you still own our main course, Cracking the VA Code, that has our exact interview process, onboarding process. You would just lose access to all the additional playbooks. Um, as for the software, it's tough since we haven't gotten it out yet, um, but you would lose access to the software if you don't continue the membership, but we'll probably have an option to renew just the software if you don't need the content anymore. And I'm sure there'll be a way to download the, the text and stuff in there. You would just lose the, the video and the dynamic aspect of it. Okay, I get it. So it's not like um, it would all disappear and we wouldn't have access to any of the stuff we've worked on creating over the years. Say our SOPs that are text only, um, we would own the rights to be still using all that, correct? Correct. And I mean, anyone that's done business with me knows that we're, we're not interested in BSing people or screwing people over. I mean, we want to create this in a win-win. We want to add so much value that it's a no-brainer to renew. And, and if at the end of the year you don't want to renew, you're still going to own Cracking the VA code. You're still going to own your SOPs. You'll just lose access uh, to depending on which membership option you select or don't select. Got it. So I think this has really helped me flesh out, and I'm just, because I'm, I'm running my, this podcast, I'm going to be selfish. It helps helping me flesh out what I need to do next. I realize that I'm doing a lot of stuff that could easily be outsourced to, um, to other people. Um, I have to say the first thing I outsourced was my bookkeeping, and it was like the best decision I ever made. So even if the other outsourcing is one-tenth as good a decision, it's going to be brilliant. But I have a lot of work to do. I have the SOP work is what I have to do. So I'm going to make a, um, 
a goal and put it out to the group so they can keep me on track, that I'm going to get at least one SOP for something done a week. I think that's doable, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely doable. And like I said before, I like kind of chipping away at it piece by piece. Um, and I find that's a much better way to, to get stuff done. Yeah, I, that's how I work too. And I'm, I'm with you on that working um, the most valuable things when you're fresh is, for me, that's the morning. That's, you know, I, that's where I, I, I do the money stuff just because for me that works. By 4 o'clock, I'm useless. And then I can do the, the mindless stuff then, you know, that do, doesn't take brain power to, to try to make money. So, Nathan, I want to thank you again for being on the show. If you could give us the, um, the website for the school one more time. Yep, it's just outsourceschool.com. And three up is f r e e e up dot com, correct? Yep. Okay. And people, if they don't want to go through the hiring process, they can look there um, because you have vetted those VAs for them already, haven't you? Right. But you you can get a really great VA from free up. But if you don't know all the other stuff after the fact, it, it only does you so much good. So it's very it's really a complimentary piece. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you go. I know you're busy. I saw your schedule for the day. Thank you again for joining us. Um, and um, gang, if you are not a friend of Nathan's on Facebook, please do it because he's got like lots of valuable information he posts every single day. So please do that. And Nathan, thank you for joining us. You have a great rest of the day and stay safe. You too. Bye-bye, everybody. We will see you in the Facebook group, and you all have a great day and stay safe as well. Bye-bye now.